This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. You know, I often think of my learnings as one giant birthday cake. You take all these fantastic ingredients, you put them together, and you get something amazing, something your audience will remember for forever and truly appreciate. But what happens when you cheap out on one or two ingredients? Well, your results can be less than spectacular. Well, tonight we're going to take a look at one particular ingredient in your birthday cake of learnings, and that's your voice quality. Monique Danielle is a professional voiceover artist, and tonight she's going to share with us her view on how good voiceover can really add tremendous value to all of your learning endeavors. It's an amazingly fun episode that you're not going to want to miss. So let's get started. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Cause if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of your Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Chudy, your host, and with us, as always, you love him, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh, yeah. Danielle. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Fair to Midland. I'm doing okay. How about you? I don't know what to say now. Um, yeah, I stole your um, drop. I'm, I did. I, know. I totally I'm, stole your drop. I'm okay, I guess. Uh, wow, this is really weird. After like 20 some odd years of saying fair to Midland when somebody asked me how I'm doing, uh, to not have that uh, at my side is like, uh, you're doing good? Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, but you good. and I talked earlier in the week and I asked how you were doing. You're like, yeah, I'm okay. I was a little kind of disappointed. So I felt it was fair game. That's fair. That's fair. It is, it is some, fair. Some would even say it's fair to Midland. <laughs> so bad. Love that drop. <laughs> At some point in time, that's going to get old, but not today. It's not old yeah. today. No. Um, you know who also is not old is the Duchess of Design. We all love her, Abby Dawson. Everybody. Abby. Hey, Scott. How do you like that Duchess of Design? I like it. So far, I've liked the titles you've come up with for me. They've been pretty good. They've been all right. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they, um, hit the mark. They are true to form. They reflect how you show up. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. And if you were showing up differently, we would have different titles for you. So thank you for showing up the way you do because we love it. That's fantastic. You know, also showing up and has a fantastic title, 
We, ladies and gentlemen, have with us in studio tonight the voice of choice, ladies and gentlemen, Monique Danielle, and she's going to be talking to us about voiceover, the importance of good voiceover, and how to sound really great, which I think is something that I certainly am super interested in. But before we get into that topic, we want to learn more about our voice of choice with a little segment we call, What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Monique. Hey. What's your deal? Good to be here. <laughs> What's my deal? Man, how can you not dance when you have music, good music like that? What's my deal? I'm a voiceover artist, but you've said that already. But what? So that what that means is basically I talk to myself in a dark room all day. It uh, can get a little weird sometimes, but that's what makes it so much fun. Um, I've been doing voiceover for the past few years. Um, I do a lot of voiceover for e-learning, also just corporate video explainer. Um, I love doing animation and character voices. I don't get as much a chance to do that as often, but um, if anyone has any characters they want voiced, I have a lot of weird voices inside of oh, me. Oh, that's so fantastic. Um, I- <laughs> we, okay, we have to pause. Yeah, I want, yeah you can't drop I want, that. Yeah, um, give us... <laughs> A flavor, um, a sampling, so to speak, of some of your favorite internal voices that come out every once in a while. Okay, well, one of the ones that I like to share, his name is Grumble. He's a supervillain from Australia. I've never succeeded in an evil plan before. G'day! I'm going to take the world by storm. <laughs> I love Holy it. Holy crap, that's fantastic. I'm just shook. That's fantastic. (laughs) I expected Scott to come out with, did we just become best friends? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm still in awe. That is great. But you can see how that's so much more fun than just being like, hey, welcome to module one. (laughs) Yeah, but you could do an entire e-learning with Grumble. One more. I'm sure more will come out later. But... Like a different voice, you mean? Yeah. Yes. For sure. <laughs> um, no pressure. Oh, shit. On no. the spot. Now I got to... Th- oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I just got to think about these voices. I, um, I have one that's Daisy. She's a, she's kind of like a... Almost like a gangster girlfriend, New Yorker type. Um, um, I kissed my pudding, and then he got down on one knee and started to sing. Oh, well, you know Michael Bublé. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. All right. Um, we hope that Warner Brothers is listening. So, um, in, in case uh, one of their popular characters um, is uh, no longer available, that uh, you can come on in. That's great. All right. I know I interrupted you My on the. It's a lot cheaper than A list celebrities. So, you know. Hire me instead. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more we need to know about you before we start talking about groovy stuff? Um, I'm super friendly, super professional, and a little bit, I use the word quirky, but it's also just weird. I'm a little bit, I don't know. I just like to have fun, more fun with life than being super professional. So I'll try to keep it professional. Though. You're hanging out with three people who call the <laughs> podcast The Fabulous Learning Nerds. I think you're probably in good company. <laughs> good company indeed. Good. That's yeah. what I like. That's what I like. 
Okay, well, thank you, Monique, and thank you for um, indulging us on some of your voice work. I think that, well, at least I hope, hope our listeners can get to hear some more of that pop out, just as they kind of do, I would suspect. Um, and with that, folks, we're going to go ahead and transition into our topic of the week. All right, this week we're going to be talking about the importance of good voiceover in learning. Monique, hit us up with some great stuff. Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking about, like the topics is like, what does it add to e-learning? Like why have voiceover in e-learning? And a couple things I jotted down on a post-it note because I love post-it notes. Um, <laughs> it keeps your listener engaged if it's a good voiceover. Um, it can connect to, vo- to learners in a different way than just reading off of a page. Definitely, if you're hearing something rather than just reading it, people are, it can stick around. Um, I know I have music lyrics stuck in my head from when I went to middle school. So if you put something to music, you'll remember it forever. So there's a little tip. <laughs> put, you put your ear, e-learning to music and your learners will remember it forever. Um, your professional sound. If you have a professional sound, a professional voiceover, rather than just a random voice or whoever you can get to do the voice, um, there's a different sound. Voiceovers, there's a reason that they charge a fee. Like, my sound should sound different than someone else's sound because I have a specifically treated booth. I have a lot of training that's gone into it. I do a lot of research. I listen to a lot of other voiceovers, all these things. Like, I train to make sure that I sound good to engage your learners so that it's... um, so that it's worth the money. Those are my thoughts. Can, what are oh, thoughts? I think that's really great. Can we back up for just a minute? I'm very interested about this idea of song and learning. Have you done that? Have you actually produced musical e-learnings? I have not, but man, would I love to. The other day I had an audition and they said, do one take no- like cool, normal, whatever. And the next take, you can do whatever you want. You can do slam poetry. You can sing. So I did. I sung it. And it was like, that's so much more fun. So I think that would be a great idea, especially if it was for like a, a younger learner. That's so wild. That that would be amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. My head goes to the Animaniacs when they did the um, 50 states. I'm not yes. going to go into it, but I know it, right? <laughs> I know all of the 50 states because of that song, right? Um, and we even found by investing in, in good musical intros and whatnot, that it really can enhance the engagement from our audience. So I totally think that that's great. I was just really curious. You brought up song and my head went, Oh, that's amazing. Like, I really thought that was a great idea. And I'm like, did you do one? No. Oh, we got to do one. Daniel, we got to hire her. (laughs) We have to have a musical e-learning with, with songs that are, um, meant to teach people amazing stuff not just songs for song's sake like they they should teach people stuff so well, songs that's cool. work i live with a three-year-old and let me tell you there's a reason he knows his days of the week and his abcs and his months and they're all set to song every one of them he walks around the house singing them so it works if you've ever done a song in your e-learning please email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com because we want to chat with you we'll bring Monique back so that she can yes. uh, record it, which is awesome. Yeah, I would love to. Please do. 
I love this idea that um, voice is a different way to connect and that it enhances learning. And I'll tell you, you hit me right at the right week. Um, I was working on a training deck this week with um, one of my uh, teammates, and I wanted to have people on the slides, like faces on the slides. And my coworker was like, I got to be really honest. It's not my style. It kind of creeps me out to have like random people I don't know on a slide, which is fair. But I told her a lot of what we do is hidden behind our LMS platform, behind all these e-learnings, behind all these decks. And I want to remind people that people are training them, not computers. Um, And that is so hard to do. And voice is something that you really can't fake. It is inherently human um, or should be, I think, for good learning. Absolutely. And I love the idea of like characters in learning as well, because I also think in addition to song, if you have a character like say, this is Leanne, Leanne's going to talk to us about whatever. And then for some reason, because I don't know, I'm sure there's like a psychology thing behind it. But like now we've we've met Leanne and we're going to be more we're going to remember what Leanne had to say about it rather than just fact, data, blah, 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 whatever you have to say. No, I, it's, I, I love that idea. And like, it's so true. Abby, to your point, like, you're one of those people that like, personifying like learning moment on computers creeps me out. Like, I'll like, like, I, and all of the rules in instructional design are like, hey, put a face there, give them a person to connect with. You're right. Like, let them know that there's a person training them. But every time I see like those like, cookie cord, cardboard cutout, like, easy swap in random people all i can think about is like not gonna lie like did they like stand in front of a green screen all day like who was telling them like okay smile i need 70 pictures of you smiling okay look disappointed okay put these glasses in your hand and hold them pensively i need a dozen pictures of you holding glasses pensively yeah and, and like, here's a clipboard point, or ride a bike yeah or... <laughs> but like the best the best personification the best like people real moment i've had in like like cbts or e-learnings have been like with really really good voice learning and i will say however the most entertaining have been with really bad voiceover work but i don't remember those for what was in them i remember them because the vo work was so bad Well, that's totally, I think that's one of the important things about having a good voiceover, because if you have a a bad voiceover, that's what, that's what you're going to start thinking about. Like, you want the voiceover to be good in a way where you almost don't even think about the voice. Like, you don't want them to be like, oh man, that person has such a great voice. Like, is Morgan Freeman narrating this or whatever? Like, but neither do you want it to be like, oh man, this is so bad that all I can think about is how funny this is rather than whatever I'm, what I'm supposed to be learning from this. So it's important to have someone who knows what they're doing. And also to your point about like the creepy characters or whatever, who are kind of stock and whatever, if you have a good voice actor, they should be trained to really connect with the learner and to really talk to them. Like they're a real person talking to a real person. So then it's less creepy. Cause then, yeah, if you really have a stock person and a, a person who's reading something to you or whatever, it's definitely going to come off the wrong way. It's not going to be great. And it's, that's why it's good to have a a professional voiceover who trains to do that rather than someone who their job is something completely else. So they're not going to be skilled necessarily in doing that because it's a full other job. So so for those members in our audience that are listening to you going, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, I think I've got 
types of gold, and I would love to be a, a, a VO artist like the voice of choice, Monique Danielle, right? Um, how does one get into the industry and then perfect their craft? Is it just a matter of practice or did you actually go through some, it sounds like you had some real training, which is awesome, but I never thought about it that way. I always felt like uh, talent and artists really pretty much hone their craft and their natural gifts that they have versus uh, training. So help us understand that because I find that fascinating. Totally. There is a bit of naturalness to it, but um, most of the most of it is actually coaching and training. So um, I'm actually a theater trained actor first. So I went to university, got my theater degree, but um, and then got into voiceover after. And I'm not aware, at least in Canada, where I'm at, there is one like accredited voiceover training degree or diploma or something that you can do. Um, but that's relatively new because what most people do is just kind of personal one-on-one coaching. And that's how I got into it. So I actually, and I started on the animation side too, because that's where I was having the most fun. So that's why I have all these funky voices. Um, so I, I trained with um, an established voiceover in the field and we did one-on-one, we created characters, we did voices, we did we do different warm-ups. There's, oh my goodness, there's all sorts of weird warm-ups where you have like um, either a pencil under your nose or a cork in your mouth or a cork somewhere else in your body. Um, just different ways to train and warm up and do things. And um, yeah, practicing definitely, but reading with different people, practice, coaching with different people. I have coached with, um, I've done one-on-one coaching with three different coaches and then done multiple workshops with um, different casting directors or different coaches and whatever, just because everyone has a bit of a different insight and there's so much to learn about it that really, if you want to, if you're interested in voiceover and you want to get into it, the first thing to do is coaching. And then a good coach will help you with the steps that you need to get into the business as well. Cause there's so much more to it than just having a good voice. So Monique, I've got a question on the other side of that. Let's say I'm terrified of being on on uh, on video. I, I'm scared of using my own voice, but I know I need a really good voiceover artist. You're clearly a professional. There's a difference between a Monique and somebody you find on Fiverr. If I'm looking to hire somebody, what are some tips on like, how should I vet people? What should I look for to, to figure out this person is like the real deal legit and is going to add a lot of value to my project versus... This is somebody who has um, a decent podcast mic and a room where they can shut the door for half an hour. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Number one is like you can totally find people on voiceover casting sites. Um, I have some personal opinions about Fiverr specifically, but I won't go into it. Um, I am on a couple other different casting sites, um, but I I would say one of the important things of like if you're a professional voice talent is they probably have a website. So if I were talking to a, if I were going to hire a voice talent, I would say, what's your website? I would want to go there. And then I would listen to their demos. If the voiceover you're talking to doesn't have a website, doesn't have demos, they're probably not a professional. If they do, and you can listen to them and they sound really good. um, That's kind of going to give you the first um, insight that you're dealing with a pro. And then I would say, if you're casting it, it's just kind of about the feeling that you want to go with. So if you're looking, if you're doing any learning and it has a certain um, 
say it's medical or something. So you maybe want someone who's a bit um, more maybe professional and has almost like, do you want to cast the doctor or do you want to cast the pharmaceutical rep or something like that? So you might be looking for someone who has like a more confident voice. Like you're looking for certain adjectives on their website and also in their voice just when you're listening to it. I have a very kind of young sounding bubbly voice. So I often get cast for kind of like the relatable, friendly, best friend, not necessarily as much maybe a voice that sounds a bit, um, not that my voice doesn't have confidence because I can definitely do the confident read, but you can hear the difference in a voice that's maybe a bit older or mature than mine. And it'll, it, it, it puts a different idea in your head of who you're talking to. So a lot of like, once you kind of have, have seen that they have demos, you see that they have a website and you're kind of working with a pro, then it's almost about your ear and what you, what you like to hear. Right. Or maybe even more importantly, like what does your audience want to hear? I know um, totally. you, you, we're going to get into this question, but a lot of times people will come to me and go, hey, um, we don't want to pay for a VO artist. Scott, can you do it? And I'm like, do you really want your audience listening to a grumpy old man? Because that's kind of how I sound <laughs> when, I, when I do a voiceover, right? And that's legit, right? And like, oh, no, you're really good. Well, Thanks for making me feel good. And I, and I totally get it. And there are plenty of organizations that are going to do it on the cheap. And we had a conversation before the um, recording tonight about, oh, just horror stories of learnings where they obviously the last person with the short straw is, is doing the VO and it just completely ruins the intent and the objective of the recording. Could you spend a little bit of time talking about you know, recommendations for what to do in that situation and or how do you sell in the, hey, it's really not as expensive as you think. So it'd be worth the money to hire a pro like uh, Monique. Yeah, if you are. So if if maybe you do work for different companies, maybe you're freelancing or you do kind of whatever. Um, maybe you have a, a relationship with a few voice artists. Um, because you may need them from time to time. So organization A doesn't like to hire voice talent, but this other organization you work with does. So you will need to have them in your back pocket. I would just kind of make connections on LinkedIn with some voice talent. They are like, if you do like hashtag voice, I'm looking to meet to meet with a voiceover. You'll get so many of them. They're all out there. Um, and then just so that you have in your back pocket so that when the person comes and says, I don't want to hire a voiceover, I just want you to do it. One thing I did for a client the other day is she said, I'm working with this one talent because the budget's so low, they're, they're not as much of a pro. So would you do an audition so that I can show the end client the difference between the two? And that's something that I would maybe do is say, okay, you don't want to hire a voiceover. Here's my recording of it. Ask the professional VO to do an audition of it because most of them will do an audition for free. Like a lot of our job is auditioning. We do it all day. Um, and then... A lot of them will have a rate card or easy rates. Specifically for e-learning is um, the rates are a bit easier to quote because often there's like a per finished minute or a per word quote that we can give you. So it's a lot easier to quote than commercial, which has usage and stuff like that. So then you can present to who's ever telling you they don't want to hire the voice talent. Well, here's the difference. Here's what it sounds like. Maybe you think I sound good, but here's what it sounds like when we have a pro. And here's their rate. So it actually wouldn't end up costing that much. 
And also they're paying you for your time to record it, right? So, well, if they have to pay you for their your time, might as well pay a pro who might be able to do it quicker or whatever. So you're going to end up paying for it at the end of the day anyway. Might as well pay the person who spends all this time and money and effort training to do it so that your ID, your SME or whatever, your folks doing e-learning can do what they do best and then leave the voiceover to the folks who train for the voiceover. Yeah. And it's, it's not just training, right, Monique? I mean, you guys can't tell at home. Uh, we're on video here when we talk. Monique is in a legit setup here, guys. Um, she's yeah. got a sound booth she's working out of. Um, talk to us about like that investment and what a difference it really makes. Yeah, that's something I was going to, when you mentioned Scott, I think, um, what's it like to get into the industry? It, it's not cheap. I will, I will be honest there. There is a, an upfront investment in not only the coaching, which isn't cheap, but also um, you need at the very least a microphone. But if you want to sound good and really compete with the pros, you probably will have um, not a USB mic. So it'll be um, like a, a dynamic condenser microphone that connects to an interface that goes to then your laptop. And um, you'll need to treat your space. So like you can do a space for a few hundred dollars. But if you want to compete with the pros, I think they say it's like somewhere between like five and ten thousand dollars investment goes into becoming a voiceover at the beginning. And we are constantly upgrading our, like, <laughs> voiceovers geek out over, like, the new microphone and dream out that that beautiful microphone we, we want to get. Like, I remember the first time someone was telling me, like, oh, yeah, I'm selling this microphone. It's a really good deal. It's only $200. And I almost, like, <laughs> freaked out. And then and now, like, $200 is so cheap for a microphone. The good mics are, like, $1,000 at least. So it's... There's a lot of, yeah, financial investment that goes into doing what I do. Right on. You are preaching, my friend, on the importance of a good mic. Um, you know, like, I think a lot of us in podcasting, we start off with, I'm going to get a snowball, and I'm not going to diss on anybody that's using the snowball mic, and then a lot of people use it. And we just kind of gradually work our way up and... Yeah, night and day difference between the microphone I'm using now and the one that I started this podcast on. Um, and I think it's really, really important. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And and thanks for giving us a sneak peek of your black padded room that you're in. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. My little crazy house. <laughs> Are there any tips? Like, I, I get it. Like, hey, folks, we we want to make sure that you've got great sounding stuff. So hire a professional. It's worth every penny, but are there tips on, Hey, just go do it. Right. What, what would you say to those ID folks that are kind of, you know, stuck with no budget whatsoever um, and have to record what, what were, what are some tips that you could give to them and to us amateurs that are um, trying to break into your space and, and, uh, and do an okay job. I mean, not a Monique Danielle job, but, you know, an okay job. Yeah, you will have the jobs where it just it's not an option. Like, you're going to end up doing the voiceover. I think every ID has probably had to do that, or most of them anyway. The the tips that I give, speaking about microphones, mic, the mic is so important. Please do not use the microphone on your laptop or computer. It sounds terrible and it's all your learner. You might as well not, 
you might as well not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you might as well just have them read word for word off of it because it's just going to – I can't – anytime I've had to do any kind of learning and the person is narrating and they're doing using their computer microphone, it's like – it's brutal. Um, so if you do have to do it, I would recommend – I think you mentioned the snowball. There's like uh, the Blue Yeti mic. Like, there are some USB mics which are quick. Plug into your computer it's not like a $1,000 voiceover microphone, but it's way better than your computer mic. It will sound better. Um, so mic is number one. And then also um, treating your space. Your space is key. I started out in my closet because actually a closet is a really great place to record because the sound is smaller. It's a bit damper. And then actually you've got clothes in there, which kind of um, eat the sound. So one of the reasons that sound sounds, that sound sounds, <laughs> that sometimes voiceover sounds so bad <laughs> is because um, it, it bounces. Like when you talk, it, it bounces off the walls. It, it reflects. So you need some kind of like, if you're in your closet, you've got jackets or whatever things, the sound hits it and then it just gets um, muffled and it gets absorbed into that rather than bouncing back and giving that really echoey, awful sound. So a closet, if you have a small bedroom and that works for you, there are, um, you can get some reflecting panels that aren't crazy expensive. Or also there is always <laughs> my go-to under, um, under a comforter. I've recorded an audition in a hotel room under, under the sheets um, because it just, it eats out all that extra sound and it just sounds so clean and nice. You're probably going to get super hot, but um, if you want it to sound nice, you know, I mean, we've got to make some some uh, sacrifices. So. Scott's going to have us all cu- crawling under comforters for our next episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around like, is there a blanket? This one? Make a little blanket for it. That's a good, that also brings up a good point. I, By the way, I heard a car is a really good place to record as well because it's soundproofed. Yes. I mean, you're good cars. If you're driving those cheap cars, and I'm not going to mention any, um, maybe not so much, but that's not a bad idea. What do, what are you know? So I record. I, I get underneath the pillow, right? I record um, thoughts on post, right? So we're going to go into some software, and you know, with some decent software, you can make it. You can make yourself sound a whole heck of a lot better than um, where you started. You can totally. Um- Audacity, I think, is a lot of people's go-to because it's free. Um, there was some recent stuff about stuff with Audacity that I'm not exactly sure on that I haven't read on. I haven't used Audacity in a while, but it's free. It's available. It has a lot of plugins in it that you can do, like denoise, declick, because you have that. You don't know until you spend a lot of time in the booth how much mouths are, how much noise our mouths make when we're not talking. Like it's awful. So there's um, plugins that kind of remove those things, those clicky noises, those whatever the um, the plosives, the p sound that um, when it hits the mic. Um, I use Adobe Audition, which is fantastic. It's one of the best. Um, well, in my opinion, I'm a little biased, but, um, but it is a bit more expensive because it's a monthly subscription rather than buy it forever. I have it forever. Um, if you're a Mac user, I know people use Twisted Wave. There is Reaper, which is a bit more affordable. So there are, depending on your budget, more affordable options. Audacity, always free. Yeah, and one of the things that I found is like if you get stuck with something, like 
if the recording's really icky, that you can find many, many, many fixes for it on YouTube. Holy smokes. Like, um, we recorded in someone's mansion last weekend, and I used a shotgun mic. Shame on me. We're going to have to probably re-record it with a lav. We just didn't have a lav, so we used a shotgun. Um, not a great idea. Um, lots of bouncing, lots of echo. But holy crap, with a little bit of you know elbow grease, we got it down to pretty good. It was still a little hollow. Um, so I think that's great. And then into, um, you know, you, you say it's a little more expensive, but honestly, if if you're an ID, you should be subscribing to the Creative Cloud. That's my humble opinion. Like you need access to all those tools and it's in those two, 50 bucks a month, like totally worth 50 bucks a month if you do any kind of creative work whatsoever. And I think that if you just wanted to do audio work, what is it, 20? I think it's just 20, isn't it? Somebody look that up. Daniel Sando, uh, yeah. look that um, up right so, now. I yeah, was actually I looking so. it up right now. And yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking, and I pay in Canadian, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> I was starting to wonder, are we running Adobe ads now? Is Scott getting paid? And I didn't know. He's given such a good pitch. <laughs> but <laughs> tools matter. But, tools but he's matter. right. And I and I didn't think about that because, of course, a lot of, a lot of IDs will have Creative Cloud. So if you have Creative Cloud, use Audition. It's really intuitive and it's so amazing. It does great you things. You know, I so. just had a conversation with somebody this week about the importance of like tools. We were talking about like, hey, how do we make sure like our designers have the right skill set? And it's like, well, we, we know they have the right skills, but do they have the right tools? And then do they have the right materials? So like dividing up like all these things into like tools, skills and, and materials and yeah, just like the importance of tools and tools that are easy to use and adaptable cannot be understated. You know, one of the things that's really interesting is that we've we're seeing a influx of software that kind of does your job. Um, and I'm thinking about Speech Hello and other AI devices that I can go ahead and take the printed word, right? And we could have it come out and sound um, somewhat human. I know that the early phases of those programs were really bad. Like uh, listening to C-3PO or R2-D2 giving me my e-learning, but they're becoming more and more intuitive. Um, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I'd really like to get your thoughts on AI, voiceware, um, pros and cons uh, on that solution for um, for folks when it comes to VO for their uh, e-learning. Absolutely. It's everywhere in voiceover right now. Voiceovers are definitely um, starting to really pay attention because you're right. When the when the AI voices first started, it was like, no chance. That sounds like a human. It sounds so awful. Like even Siri and Alexa, like they sound pretty good, but like, you know, that's not a human. Like it was at one point, but um, uh, so it's a big deal. It's a big thing. And, um, luckily it's still not exactly quite there where it sounds like a human. So we do still have the benefits of human to human contact. There's like, nothing can really replace that. Nothing, um, to connect to another human through, through learning will just do so much more than a machine just reading it off the page. Again, I kind of wonder, like, if you just have a machine reading it off the page, like, why? Why why even do it? Just let the reader then read it. Or if or if they have, um, um, if they're blind or low vision, and then they probably have a screen reader to read it for them. So, like, you don't need to put some kind of monotone robot reading it at them. It's just going to make it worse 
Um, but as AI is getting better, I think it's going to be something that definitely in voiceover we have to work with. And it's going to be something that'll probably end up making our jobs easier in some ways. Like I know that some coaches and some voiceovers are already starting to work with AI and, and, um, and record their voices and saying like 3000 phrases and stuff so that their voice can be used in an AI software and it can save a ton of time and money and it can, and if you can put intonations and stuff, like I, I had seen a, the other day, a video that was actually like fairly amazing at the things the voices can do. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with voiceover though. Like you still will be working with the human, like a computer generated voice is never going to sound as good as a human. So at some point you're still probably working with a human to make that voice really sound good. So I think it's just kind of the evolution of where voiceover might end up going, like probably not in the immediate future, but down the road. Um, but luckily the human still involved. So that's good. Good for me. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. And um, for your characters, I mean, no way AI is going to do that. Um, that's, that's cool. I will say Dan and I were, Dan and I were looking at a program that I'm not going to pimp unlike our sponsor um, at any rate. And it deep faked my voice. So we did laid down some stuff and I just wanted to change a worker word or two and it learned my voice. And so it, it, it wasn't perfect, but it was really kind of cool and scary at the same moment. Like it just totally like, Oh, this is kind of what you sound like. Okay, cool. We'll change the word dog to frog. Not a problem. And I'm like, Oh wow. It was really kind of cool. Um, and saved me a ton of time, like just a total, just like you said, a ton of time, like either I was going to have to relay down that phrase and then edit it in or I just changed the words and boom there it went so that was really kind of cool yeah so I think it, it will end up going there like there are just things that AI can do that will save time save money and it'll be great and hopefully just the human still is ends up being involved um, until we can until computers take over the world and they just sound sound and look real enough that you don't know the difference but I think we're a long way off from that, but I think we're definitely going that way. So resistance is futile is I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds a little scary though to lose the human. It side. does. And when you, and when you see those, when you see those and hear those softwares, it is a bit like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is freaky. What is reality? Are we in the matrix? Like, I don't know. There's a, so. there's a popular game. Uh, they had a mod come out that, like I remember reading a lot of articles and like I have this mod, I have this game and like I played it and listening to like voices that I knew going in were like generated by AI to replicate the work of other voice actors. Like I, I maybe like, because I came in ready was like, okay, I can sort of hear it. But like I had to work for it. There, there were some places where I was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like that's so weird and so wild. And, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, like, I mean, obviously, like, industry ever up and onward. But it's important not to lose that, like, that personal, that person in the mix. Yeah. Could you share a story that really kind of highlights how good voiceover can come on in and save the day on an ID project? Like, a, a time where... um you received the project and maybe they had made the choice to go cheap and it just didn't work and they brought you in and what were the results from that? 
I don't necessarily have an an e-learning one, unfortunately, but I do have I um I I had a commercial that someone was um asked me to quote on and I quoted it and it obviously was too high for what they were willing to pay and so then they had oh they just had their VP of development or whatever did it. And then um my friend was the was the creative on it and then he ended up sending it to me and was like, "Oh, here's this project we did and it's so great." And it looked great. It was so beautiful. And like all that was done and the voice was horrible. <laughs> and I had a little bit of a like a, a, a like hee hee mine would have sounded so much better. Like <laughs> I know it sounds like a lot of money at the front, but it's like honestly like if your listeners are hearing that, they're hearing what I'm hearing. Like yeah, my voice is my my ear is trained maybe a bit better because I listen and I talk for a living, but at the same time, like, uh, even if it's just like, even if it's something internally that you're just like, that you don't quite realize why you prefer it, but you just do like, there's just, um, something so much better about someone who's, who's trained to do it, who's trained to, so that it doesn't sound like they're talking at you or reading at you. And it's such a subtle difference, which is why people can sometimes say like, oh no, you sound fine. That sounds great because maybe you can't hear the difference, but if you put the two next to each other and listen to them, you really can. You can really hear the difference. And maybe the learner doesn't know to say like, oh, yeah, no, that that voice was terrible. Like maybe they don't comment on it. But I I do truly believe that with like with the pro who's trained to connect with the audience, to talk to them, to engage them, you will do more. You will engage them in a way that they may not necessarily consciously realize, but it it's worth it. It reminds me of Dan, what was your comparison? Is it a Lincoln Navigator's worth of training? So yeah. this would be like, all right, we're going for the Lincoln Navigator. Are we going with the heated seats or not? Like, are we yeah. doing this or not? <laughs> yeah, like how long until you're driving down the road and you're looking at people with like their heated seats and you're just filled with envy? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like how long how long <laughs> until you're into the middle of an e-learning course and your learners are starting to tune out where you're like, I should have just paid somebody to do the voiceover work. <laughs> right. Yep. That's a great a great analogy. Yep. It's all Dan. That's Dan's <laughs> course value analogy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the blame on that Dan one. Dan the analogy man. <laughs> Dan, I'm tempted to ha- get you to do your voice that you used to do in trainings and see what uh, Monique can tell you about it. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So uh, every trainer will know what I'm talking about. You know, you build up personas and um, I was, I was a trainer and I was teaching uh, call center experts to set aside their expectations. And so I would uh, do this, do this voice where you play a game like, okay, you're going to pick up the telephone and I'd start talking like this. I'd be like, all right, you know, Hello. They'd go through their spiel. They'd say their intro and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I got a problem with this thing and I need your help. And they'd be like, okay, sir, not a problem. We go and get your, your first and last name, sir, sir. My name's Gertrude Millant. I'm 28 years young. I've been smoking since I was 18. I won a contest of all you could smoke cigarettes. Look at me now. And, uh, like, so like you, we talked about like the characters you have and like, I, from like a trainer perspective, like so much jealousy. So I'm just like, man, like how many great scenarios could I make if I could like imitate and do those things? It's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, and there are some e-learning where like I would love for Gertrude to like, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's just worth it. Humor can also oh, yeah. be a good thing for to make people remember. So like 
I love it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's an amazing 100%. voice. I haven't uh, heard you know, Gertrude the, in any one of your learnings yet, Dan. Well, that's maybe for the best. I don't know if the world is ready for Gertrude to return. <laughs> I wish you could do like record all your Gertrude so that I could have it on my Alexa. I would like to hear Gertrude over Alexa. <laughs> that's what so what need. you're going to yeah, do next... is you're going to turn left in 200 feet. <laughs> At the light, take the middle lane. The one in between the two. You know what I mean. There you go. <laughs> Last month, you ordered dog food from Chippy's Dog Food. Out of one to five stars, how many stars would you give that Chippy's Dog Food? <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, I'm, I, 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 that annoys me. I, the, my uh, Alexa... Notifications asking me to rank things annoy me. Sorry, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I have better things to do. Um, getting back to voiceover, though, Monique, as we kind of <laughs> begin to wrap things up, what are some really important things that you, you wanted to talk about tonight, but you didn't really have an opportunity to talk about them yet? Um, I would just encourage creativity. Like, encourage the, like, being an idea is such a creative job and I'm sure that there are lots of things that don't feel creative about it but like there's so much creativity to it so like a character doesn't have to be a wild character like a Daisy or a Grumble or a Gertrude like it can just be um the doctor like I said the pharmaceutical rep or whatever it doesn't always have to necessarily be the instructor it's like who's delivering this learning is it a mom is it I don't know a neighbor is it a cashier like whatever like thinking thinking about characters because that'll also get um different voices in your head, which can um, just encourage the learner's creativity as well, which will encourage their engagement and their learning. And also, um, if if you don't have the budget for voiceover, use the creativity to think of what else you can do. Maybe you can have sound effects or maybe you can have different kind of graphics or something like rather than adding bad voiceover onto a beautiful module. What else can you do <laughs> if you don't have the budget for the voiceover? Don't ruin your beautiful product with bad voiceover, please. That's a great tip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Um, what a fun time you've had tonight. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Monique, um, how can our listeners uh, find you, hire you, and get more good stuff from you, ma'am? Yeah, the best way, I would say, um, go to my website, www.moniquedaniellevo.com. Or you can find me on most social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. I recently went on TikTok at Monique4Reels, the number four and then R-E-A-L-S. Um, that's where you find me. Send me an email. Send me a message on LinkedIn, wherever, social media. Let's connect. Oh my God. I don't, do you really? I don't think anybody really wants that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Folks, if you haven't already, you can hit us up at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Just so you guys know, we would love for you to reach out. We've had several people in the past few months reach out, and we've been able to have them on the show. 
We're hoping you'll reach out and you can be next. If you haven't all, uh, if you haven't, uh, let me stop. Words are tough. You can also find us at Facebook at Learning Nerds. And lastly, you can find us on Instagram at Fab Learning Nerds. Hey, and that's going to be about it for the Fabulous Learning Nerds tonight. Do me a favor, hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to grow our audience so that we can do more together. And also, while you're out there, could you also do me a big favor? Leave us a review, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. It helps us get the show to more people and it helps us to improve what we're doing. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Gertrude. I'm Abby. And I'm Mommy. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. Electronic Specifier Insights podcast is dedicated to asking the big questions of the electronic industry's biggest players. Electronics and technology are becoming increasingly integral across all aspects of daily life and within society as a whole. Check out the Electronic Specifier Insights podcast at www.electronicspecifier.com. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. When do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.